It's been a wild ride in the 2023 season, and the Pittsburgh Pirates have reached the final week of the 2023 season, and we're going to talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked On Pirates. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast, everybody. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making us your first listen, as you always do. And today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Please make sure you go check out Sleeper. There's some really great people over there, and you can find some friends and make some money. On today's episode, it's hard to believe, but we are... In the final week of the 2023 Major League Baseball season as it pertains to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, there was the outside shot that the Pittsburgh Pirates could make a playoff push. Did not happen. Obviously, they were too far out of it. They are now eliminated officially, but will be playing two teams that are fighting for in two different ways in the wild card. Of course, the Philadelphia Phillies, I believe their magic number should be one. Uh, They have the, uh, they currently occupy the number one uh, wild card spot in the national league. And I believe they have like a four or five game advantage in that area. So they should easily make the playoffs. Meanwhile, the Miami Marlins, who we'll talk about on Friday, and we're going to talk about the Phillies in the third segment of today's show, the Miami Marlins are about a game back of the Chicago Cubs and have six games remaining to figure it out in their realm of getting into the playoffs or missing out entirely. You look at the AL West right now, that's a crazy thing going on over there. You look at the AL wildcard being crazy as well with a certain series going on between Seattle and Houston. And boy, it's it's fun this time of year uh, if you're a playoff team and the Pirates are not. And they enter 74 and 82 in the final week of the season, which a lot of people have kind of a mixed bag on. Is this an improvement? Undoubtedly, yes. Considering the circumstances and considering everything the Pirates have dealt with this season, already sitting at 12 wins better than you were last year is a... Massive success. You can go two and four down the stretch of the season for these final six games and win 76 games and improve by 14 wins. It's nothing to shy away from. And what is there to expect from these final six games? I mean, it's it's not a lot. It's not a large sample size. We're not going to go away from these games thinking any different, really, about anybody than we have all season. But as you know, the old adage, you finish the season strong, you're going to hopefully bring that into 2024. And that's what Nick Gonzalez hopes to do. We heard that uh, from Jason Mackey and multiple sources that Nick Gonzalez will be returning for the Philadelphia Phillies series. Of course, he was sent down uh, to Indianapolis on August 3rd. And since going down, he's fixed a lot of the issues that he had earlier in the season. 
He's hitting uh, 314 with 24 extra base hits, including four or eight home runs and 22 RBIs since he went to AAA Indianapolis on August 3rd. We obviously remember 14 being a big number for him after 14 hitless at-bats. He was sent down to AAA, and his MLB struggles, we all knew what they were. It was the strikeouts at a high clip that we did not expect, and just low averages across the board. He was not hitting the ball well at all. He was striking out at a way too high rate. And also, at his, at some point, when you had Leo Piguero, Jared Triolo, and Jiwon Bay all playing much better than him, even though that wasn't that hard to do, considering how bad Nick Gonzalez was playing, that's what ended up happening. I mean, they were able to send him down because of the play of Piguero, Triolo, and Jiwon Bay. That's just how it ended up working for them. And it is really hard to tell how much Nick Gonzalez will play in these final six games. And part of that is because do you want to take at-bats away from Piguero, Triolo, and Bay? Again, it's six games. It's not going to change a whole lot. But it again, it would be nice to see Nick Gonzalez get some at-bats, but I don't really know how much he'll get just with those guys still being on the roster. Now, obviously, a corresponding move does have to happen to get Nick Gonzalez on the roster. We will have to wait and see what that is. Um, obviously, after this show drops is when that probably will happen. It usually happens later in the afternoon. And in September, by the way, it's going to be interesting to see how many games the Pirates win in these final six games. Now, usually... When you're out of playoff contention, you don't really care too much about the win that you get. But the Pirates are 13-9 and in the month of September, and their only series losses this month are to the Atlanta Braves, who are an absolute gauntlet, and the New York Yankees, who got healthy down the stretch of the season, but it was just a little too late for them to get into the postseason. And with six games remaining, all that means is the Pirates just need three wins to clinch a winning month in a winning final month. And shocking enough, the Pirates have not had a winning month since April. April, of course, started 20-8, and eight, but the Pirates have not had a winning record in any month outside of April. So I think that's something that Derek Shelton and the coaching staff and the players, that has to be on their minds to say that we, start, we could start the season with a winning record out of the month and end the season with a winning record out of the month. I think that's a very important thing for this Pirates team, especially heading into next year. Not as much with the individual aspect of things, but as a team, you want to finish this season strong. It's been a interesting up-and-down season, but as of late, the Pirates have just played good baseball. And 3-3 three and three in these final six games is very plausible with their recent play. And if they do get to that mark, it would be 77 and 85. That would be their most win since the 2018 season when they won 82 games. And I've spoke about that season a lot. And I've also spoke about the 2012 season a lot, uh, seeing as the Pirates in that season won 79 games and ended up making the playoffs the following three years after finally um, getting a big core of their team together. And the Phillies and Marlins, of course, are fighting for the postseason, as I've spoken about already. So these are going to feel like playoff games for the Pittsburgh Pirates. These are going to have a playoff-like atmosphere for them. Um, obviously, this series in Philadelphia, I think, will have a little bit more, uh, more fan output 
than we see from the Pirates Marlins series, although it's the final home series of the season. I expect that Pirates fans will show up, but it won't be the same playoff-like atmosphere that you'll get from Philadelphia over the middle of the week. And just keep an eye on everything. I mean, it's nothing that, again, is going to fly off the page in terms of things that are going to happen for next year. But look at the pitching. Look at the guys that might be in the bullpen next year. Look at the individual hitting and who might be here next year. Because guess what? Almost all these players are going to be competing for spots next season. Almost all of them. Now, obviously, you have Hayes, Reynolds, Keller, Oviedo, those guys. Those are going to be guys you know are going to be on this team. But when you look at Leo Piguero, you look at Jared Triolo, you look at Henry Davis, you look at Juan Bay, Nick Gonzalez even, Joshua Palacios. These are guys that are going to be fighting for roster spots in spring next year. And a strong ending to the 2023 campaign could mean a strong start in 2024 for some of these guys. It's going to be, we want positive vibes leaving out of this season. And positively, I think they can do it. I think they're going to end the season at least three and three. They have a better chance to do like better things than that, but we'll see. I think three and three is very plausible for them to finish this season. And we'll talk about the Philly series a little bit in the third segment, but in the next segment, how did the pirates fare against the NL central this season? And where can they improve heading into 2024 against their bitter rivals? We'll talk about all that and more in just a moment, but I want to let you guys know about one of my favorite sponsors that I've ever had on the Locked On Pirates podcast, and that's DoorDash. Missing the syrup for your pancakes or just ran out of your favorite coffee creamer? With DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you can get what you want right when you need it. If you love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door, then DoorDash Grocery Delivery is for you because you can stock up for the week or order last-minute cravings conveniently. Did you burn your last piece of toast? Your avocado's gone bad? Or is the hot sauce bottle empty? Try Grocery Delivery from DoorDash. You'll get everything you want delivered when you need it right to your door. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered, or they'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. You want even more value, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a DashPass membership. With easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to twenty a $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Limited time offer. Terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code locked on MLB. Don't forget that's lock code locked on or code locked on MLB for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. On tomorrow's show, we're going to be talking about the first game of the Philadelphia. Philly series tonight to kick off the final week of the 2023 MLB season. Obviously, we're going to be talking a little bit about that in a preview in the third segment. But in the second segment, by the way, again, thank you for making me your first listen all the time. And also, 
Thank you for being the best fans that a podcast host could ask for. You guys are great. You guys loved everything that happened over the weekend with the largest comeback in Pittsburgh Pirates history happening. So, again, thank you guys so much for everything you do here on the Locked on Pirates podcast. The NL Central, though, is behind the Pittsburgh Pirates in this season. They have no more games against the NL Central after wrapping up their series with the Cincinnati Reds in what was just a wild series that happened in Cincinnati in Great American Ballpark. But let's look at how the Pirates fared against the NL Central this season because it was an up-and-down NL Central campaign for this team, and they had success with some teams and didn't have as much success with other teams in their division. But ultimately, they went 25-27 and against the NL Central in 52 games, which when I posted that on Twitter after the uh, Cincinnati Red Series, a lot of people were saying that seemed like a low number. With the balanced schedule, the divisional games have been cut down a lot uh, from size. I believe it used to be around 68 to 70 games. Now it's at 52, which just means that these divisional games mean that much more. And that's why I like the balanced schedule a lot, because these divisional games mean a lot to if you win your division or if you are even a playoff team. And for the Pirates, that's something they're going to have to think about, about how they fare against these teams uh, moving forward. And in division, again, we obviously know that the Pirates struggled against the Cubs and the Brewers. They had more success against the Cardinals and the Reds. But let's break it down team by team, starting from best to worst. And obviously the best team that the Pirates faced this year in the division was the St. Louis Cardinals. That was the team they played the best against this year, finishing the season against the St. Louis Cardinals 9-3, and their best mark that they've had in a very long time against St. Louis. And their run differential was plus 20 against the St. Louis Cardinals in what has been a major, major down year for the St. Louis Cardinals team. But I would not be surprised if they go out and spend a lot of money to get some of these issues fixed that they have. And entering the season, I mean, the St. Louis Cardinals were the unquestioned favorite to win this division. And remember, this was supposed to be a weak NL Central. Nobody expected the Pirates to be as competitive as they've been this season. Nobody expected the Reds to be a potential playoff team. Not a lot of people really expected the Cubs to be a potential playoff team. But here we are with the Brewers winning the division and the St. Louis Cardinals being now last in the division. And this was the first time that St. Louis will finish last in the NL Central or in the in their division since 1990, which, to put that into perspective, folks, the Cardinals were in the NL East when that happened. Uh, this will also be their worst divisional finish in the NL Central since 2008 when they finished in fourth. Of course, the Astros were still in the NL Central at that point, so there were six teams, so they finished third to last in the division in 2008. And ultimately, all season, all the Pirates did was – what every other team did realistically against the St. Louis Cardinals. And that was take advantage of their biggest fatal flaw, which was pitching. I mean, their pitching this year was absolutely horrible. You look at some of the trades that they've made over the past couple of years, trading away Santi, uh, Sandy Alcantara. You look at Zach Gallen and all these guys that have done very good things. And the Cardinals pitching was just abysmal this year. And the Pittsburgh Pirates took advantage of it and ran with it and, realistically, you look at some of these games and the three games they lost, they arguably could have had a better record against the St. Louis Cardinals, but 9-3 and three is nothing to shy away from. The Pirates have not had a winning record against the St. Louis Cardinals in quite some time, and this is very nice to see 
from the Pittsburgh Pirates to take advantage of a team that's not as good as them. To be fair, the Pirates were a better team than the St. Louis Cardinals this year. There's no doubt in my mind about that whatsoever. You move on to the Cincinnati Reds. And this is something that I'm very excited about is that the Reds and Pirates rivalry may finally be back. And the Pirates this season, best of the Cincinnati Reds. Of course, we all remember um, at the beginning of the season, starting off the season against each other, these teams look very different from that time because the uh, Pirates, of course, win the season series against the Cincinnati Reds, eight games to five. The run differential was a minus four, but again, the wins matter more than the run differential. And this season series saw everything. It, the Reds won the opening series of the season, despite O'Neill Cruz homering off of Hunter Green on opening day. We saw the largest comeback in Pirates history this past Saturday after trailing nine to nothing to the Cincinnati Reds at Great American Ballpark. This is going to be the rivalry to watch, I think, in the NL Central for quite some time, folks, because both of these teams, they're very young, they're very exciting. I mean, you look at the Reds, they're featuring multiple Rookie of the Year candidates. You could bring up Matt McClain, Spencer Steer as guys that could be Rookie of the Year candidates, although I think Corbin Carroll will win that award if the Diamondbacks do indeed make the playoffs. And the Pirates are getting some answers about the young talent that they've been waiting on for a very long time. And you're obviously going to see both of these teams try to fix some of their holes, I think, in the offseason. But I don't think that they're both going to go out and get a marquee free agent. I think they're going to both want to improve pitching-wise. I mean, the Reds do have some pitching that they're working with right now, but injuries are always going to be an issue. And you saw that with Hunter Green this year. And for the Pirates, they obviously need a first baseman. They need a couple of pitchers. Those are things they're going to have to work on as well. But with both of these teams slated to improve heading into next year, the division could very well run out of Cincinnati or Pittsburgh heading into next season. The Milwaukee Brewers. Now, when I saw this record against the Brewers, I thought it was a lot. I thought it was going to be a lot worse than it was, but the Pirates were five and eight against the Milwaukee Brewers. Now the run differential is awful. They were minus 22 against the Brewers. And we all know that Milwaukee, Wisconsin is the house of horrors for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And it rained true again. The Pirates were two and five in Milwaukee this season. And they have not had a winning record in Wisconsin since 2018, which was also the last time the Pirates had a winning record against Milwaukee period when they went 12 and seven. Now, for the Brewers, obviously, they're going to be making their playoff run. They're going to get home field in the wild card series, probably against the Philadelphia Phillies. They have a lot to decide on about Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta and some of these young guys. Are they going to continue to progress like they did, like Bryce Terang and others? Christian Yelich, is he going to continue to be a phenomenal player for you? He's had a bit of a resurgence this year. But there's more questions, I think, surrounding the Brewers right now than you would say about the other teams. Just because if they do lose Corbett Burns and or Brandon Woodruff, pitching is their M.O. I mean, that's what it is, and that's what makes them such a dangerous team when they make the postseason in the shortened playoff series. But can their offense improve to the point where they can be a perennial team year in and year out? Looming contract decisions are going to always be a big thing with the Milwaukee Brewers. Of course, you obviously see some of the stuff about the stadium coming out this year, too. But really, it all centers around what happens with Corbin Burns. That is the biggest thing I think the Brewers have to think about 
heading into the offseason. And they have a lot of young talent as well, folks. And I think they'll be right in the mix again if they decide to let things roll in Milwaukee. Obviously, the worst record of the season came against the Chicago Cubs. They went 3-10 and against the Chicago Cubs with a minus 52 run differential. Just complete dominance from Chicago outside of the final series of the season with the Joshua Palacios ninth inning home run, of course, clinching their only series victory against the Chicago Cubs. And struggling would be a nice way to put it for Pittsburgh against Chicago this year. I mean, it was just bad. And we all remember the Pirates were right there in the mix in the NL Central with nine consecutive games against the Cubs, Brewers, and Cubs. They lost 10 consecutive games, six of those coming to the Cubs. And that set them back to a point of no return. And the Cubs are going to be a team the Pirates are going to have to learn how to beat heading in the next year if they want to be competitive. Because you could say with less division games, oh, they don't matter as much. No, they mean that just they they mean that much more. They really do. And you saw that for the Pirates in this final series. They played that series against Chicago like a playoff series. And Chicago, of course, still in the middle of the wild card race. They occupy the final wild card. They hold a one-game advantage against Miami. And the Cubs have looming decisions as well, folks, in particular with Marcus Stroman. He's expressed that he wants to stay there. But are the Cubs going to pay him the money that he wants to stay there? And heading into next season, they'll have to be better against the Chicago Cubs. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Before we talk about the Philly series here in just a moment, I want to let you guys know about the wonderful people over at Sleeper. Of course, MLB, the playoffs are around the corner, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to win 100 times your cash on Daily Fantasy Baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is now with studs like Ronald Acuna, Mookie Betts, and others. Pick more or less on stacks for these stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to a 100 times payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right and you could win big. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. If you want to bet on Brian Reynolds, Key Brian Hayes, Mitch Keller, whoever you want to bet on for the Pirates in the final six games of the season, use Sleeper and see their Terms of use for details and enjoy Sleeper and get up to a $100 match on your first deposit on mobile only at sleeper.com slash promo code slash locked up. And welcome to the final segment of today's episode of Locked On Pirates, everybody. As always, thank you for tuning into the show on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And in the Second to last series of the season, the Pittsburgh Pirates, of course, will head across the state to face off with the Philadelphia Phillies. The last time that these te- and only other time, by the way, that these teams met this season, the Pirates won the series in Pittsburgh at the end of the, Ju- uh, of the July month. Uh, obviously, trade deadline time and all that fun stuff happened. The last and only other time these teams met this season, obviously, there were some notable performances, too. Um, it had a four-RBI game from Andy Rodriguez that included a bases-clearing triple, a three-hit performance from Leo Piguero, and an eight-inning or an eight-strikeout, five-and-two-thirds innings, no decision for Mitch Keller in the only loss of that series, which saw the Pirates lose two-to-one. And obviously... These teams are very different from their last meeting. The Pirates, of course, had G-Man Choi and Rich Hill in that series and traded them both to the San Diego Padres after the conclusion 
of the series. And you look at this Phillies team, and they were a World Series team last year. I think a lot of people forget that the Philadelphia Phillies were in the World Series as a wildcard team last year. And they've caught fire in a bottle down the stretch. Uh, since the beginning of July, the Phillies are 44-31. and 31. They've occupied that first wildcard spot for quite some time. Obviously, the Atlanta Braves have been just a wagon in Atlanta and have held that NL East crown for pretty much the entire season. And going into this series, it's not going to be easy for the Pirates at all. You look at Aaron Nola, you look at Ranger Suarez, and you look at Zach Wheeler. That's what you're facing for the Philadelphia Phillies in this three-game set. But Aaron Nola, though, has not had the greatest September. He has a 6.82 ERA in September, nearly 28 innings or 20 innings of work. So something the Phillies will hope that turns around come playoff time is that Aaron Nola will be better. And obviously the Pirates have yet to decide on their pitchers for this series. It, I would expect you see one of Mitch Keller and Johan Oviedo or both in that. You might see either or. We don't really know. And as for the past 10 games, again, the Phillies are playing good baseball. They entered this series on a five-game winning streak. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10 the Pirates are 6-4 and four in their last 10, and winners of their four of their last five. So, I mean, it's it's a very nice series to actually have. I think the Phillies are going to treat this like a playoff series. Obviously, they have not clinched a playoff spot yet, but they would have to lose every single game. And then another team would have to win every single game for them to get into the postseason. But for the Pirates, I mean, you can clinch a 500 record against the Phillies with one victory. That's all it takes. You win one game, you you could finish three and three against the Phillies as a playoff team. And you look at how this series is going to be won or lost, and it's all going to come down to the offense. The Pittsburgh Pirates offense has to compete with the Philadelphia Phillies because in nine of their last 10 games, the Phillies have scored five plus runs while the Pirates have done so in five of their last 10. So expect a lot of offense in this series. And it's really going to be who attacks the starting pitching right away and what bullpen doesn't win the game for the other team. That's really what I think all of this series comes down to. Obviously all it takes for the Phillies, I believe is one victory to clinch a playoff spot. So they'll obviously be thinking about that heading into uh, tonight's game. And the pirates are again, going to be treating this like playoff baseball. The players have come out and said that they're treating these games like a playoff atmosphere. And that kicks off tonight as the pirates will face Aranola and the Pittsburgh or in the uh, Aranola and the Philadelphia Phillies. I wish Aranola was a Pittsburgh Pirate, um, but the Pirates will face Aranola and the Phillies tonight at 6:40 Eastern Time. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into this show, as you always do here on the Locked On Pirates podcast. My name is Ethan Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates. You can find this show on YouTube, Spotify, Odyssey, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a wonderful rest of your Tuesday. Enjoy this show, hopefully, and I'll see you tomorrow.